once or twice. Yeah, once. <laughs> it's like a loud mouth. I, I've, I, well, here, I've, let I've me... got an uncle that's now hard of hearing. I like get along with him so much better now because he doesn't yell at me every 10 minutes for being too loud. <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing about doing a podcast with the headphones is we can crank up the sound sometimes. Um, and so some of them old timers are really hard to hear. They, mm -hmm. they go there. So we've been recording for about 20 seconds. We, we, we just started here. We got uh, Chip, what's your last name? Kozier. Kozier. In uh, you're with? Joy and High Standard Dog Food. Joy and High Standard Dog Foods. We got Mama Dreyer. Present. Wendy. We just call you Mama Dreyer, but Wendy yeah. Dreyer is your our, our favorite hairstylist. Yep, it's official. Yeah. So we're over here in uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> Bear Hunter, as I'm, Where uh, are we? What? Ross up. Ross <laughs> Make it stop. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah. Where are you now? We're late. I told Chip, say, oh, 12.30, things start dying off, and... He come by at 12.15. I'm like, you better push that out another half hour. And here we are an hour later. But I think we finally got the t-shirt situation under control and we were able to slip out. We want to do a little podcast on dog food. And it just so happened that we were trying to gather everybody together. Mama Dreyer shows up and she's like, hey, where's that, that dog food guy? I got some questions for him. And I'm like, Mama Dreyer, that's a good, <laughs> you're like perfect timing. I'm like, we're going to do a podcast, and, and if you got questions, I don't have any answers, but Chip might Well, have now an you know I'm going to tell you the truth, too, because, I mean, I could, might have been able to lie to you and Jason, <laughs> but I can't be lying you to You ain't her. lying to Mama no, Dreyer. No, I we spend way too much monthly money on dog food. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. I, I much prefer those that have plot hounds, bear dogs, Great Pyrenees. It's hard to make a living off of people that feed Yorkies. <laughs> Those big dogs are nice. Like three kibbles. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you, you you feed by the scoop. How long does it take you? How many dogs you guys got? Um, depends upon which household. So the farm probably seventeen. Danielle's yard eleven. Megan's yard can fluctuate seven to fifteen, and my yard can fluctuate one to three. Really? Mm -hmm. You're the smart one out of the group. I can see. Uh huh. I'm just glad that you explained that because when you said which household, I thought you were one of those Law and Order episodes where the guy had two families. <laughs> I saw that episode. <laughs> no, they've all branched out now and have their own yards. Right. So actually, Logan now had puppies. Uh, his fiance's dog uh, was the male, and so they housed the last litter that was supposed to be a 14 and 11 lived. So that was a big litter to wow. raise. And That's a chunk. Of course, that's puppy chow and feed and vet uh, medicines, shots. So we have them in four different areas. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you guys buy your food in, like, communal? And pallets. Pallets. How, how Truckloads. How, how many pallets do you buy, and how do you buy your food? I'm just curious. 40-pound um, bags, pallets at like, a time. Like, whatever like the, the truck can hold. 50-pound bags? Pardon? You don't like 50-pound bags? Uh, didn't, we didn't have that as an option. Okay. They came we'll as... have to remedy that. Yeah, I get the fifty pound bags, but I honestly got forty pounds one time because <coughs> somebody messed up. <laughs> no, I I bought some food that they had that was already bagged in forty pound, and I got the same price as I would in the fifty pound. And anyways, man, I had one year of having forty pound, and it was like it was nice lugging forty pound bags yeah, from the that barn to the house. I was like, damn, I wish I could get the. I, I you know the next time I got the fifty pound bags because it's a better price deal. But um, yeah, no, we take a truckload at a time. A semi truck. No, just a pickup. Okay. Put a pallet on the back. So one pallet. 
when we buy food, we're buying um, a whole truckload. So when I say truckload, I mean like semi-truck, like 52-footer. Mm -hmm. And I think it holds like 34, 35 21 pallets. 21 tons. Yeah, yeah, 40. 40 they, the warehouse and the truck driver had two different numbers. So the truck driver's like, I can load it up It should be 22 tons, but sometimes the warehouse, they yeah they, they over yeah they're or overly protective the, the guy's like i can take forty four thousand pounds and so we load it up to 40 and, and he gets there and the warehouse is like oh we can only load it to 42 and and the guy's like dude i own the freaking truck <laughs> you want you put <laughs> yeah i'm the guy that's gonna be looking at the scale so anyways that's why i was saying either 40 40 what 21 either 21 or, 20. or 22 ton depending yeah. on who gets to finally make the decision how many how much is a one pallet of 50 pounds weigh um, it would be 2,000 pounds. 2,000? When we do a, little a, bit more when we do a skid of 40 on a pallet. Now, we have switched to 24 on a pallet. Of 50. So, a 50-pound bag, so that would be, oh, you're making me 1,200 pounds. Plus a pallet, which mm -hmm. is Which 30, is 50, 50 to 75 pounds. Yeah. So, anyways, so we, we pull in like 34 pallets on the one truck. But the cool thing about that is I don't have to worry. I mean, I bought it. It was like winning the, the lottery this year oh yeah i bought it in that's why i told you it was like a farmer that bought fertilizer last year with yeah, all the inflation that's off. going on you guys made out like a bandit yeah we, yeah. we didn't have so i have a question cost. on that how long does it last um, like if you buy it that you you got 12 months from the date of manufacture before it gets mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. yeah so so i buy a year's worth every once a year we we uh here's a pen if you want to take some notes mm -hmm. uh, and that's if you have it stored well like you know, it's got to be dry. Can't store it in the rain. You can't store it in the rain. Um, climate control is preferred because depending on the climate where you're at, you, right. you throw it into a bank barn and 110 degrees in the summertime, it's not going to last as long as if it's in a... Mm -hmm. What makes the food go bad? Well, the heat's going to cause the vitamin E to break down, which is going to cause the fat to go rancid sooner. And that's when... The vitamin, yeah. Because I left... Um... No, we're, we're already jumping all around, but I left some food in my camper. You know, I, I hunt out of a camper sometimes, mm -hmm. so I go set camp up. And Boy, I was hunting one time, and those dogs would not touch that food. I mean, just absolutely, they were hungry. I mean, they were definitely hungry, but they wouldn't touch it. And I had it in a tub of wear with a loose lid, mm -hmm. and I think I had it in there all summer. And like you said, I think that's exa mm -hmm. probably exactly what happened because put a new bag in. I mean, they shot that shit down. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> there was, I felt bad after that. Well, I was like, what okay. were they like? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's, that sounded like Hillary Clinton in that one campaign thing that she did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so the heat is the worst thing? Is it? Heat and moisture. Moisture. You know, heat, heat can break down that vitamin E, but moisture is going to potentially cause mold mm -hmm. and so i would say if somebody's ever thinking about getting a pallet by the time uh the other thing about storing that much food is rodents you know oh, that's honestly rodents are a bigger issue than the other the climate control because you got to keep them out yeah um now that we have those poly sealed bags insects are not as much of a problem as they used to be right but, you know, that's also an issue, especially if you're buying a dog food that's still using sewn bags. Yeah. Those insects can get in through those sew holes, and you open up your bag of dog food, and it'll be nothing but meal moth webbing. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, um, they have some plastic, it's like a fold-down crate, you know, and, and I, I can I going to ask you what you use for storing. Yeah, you need to swing by the house, because I'm going to send you with a couple of bags. Sure. Um, 
anyways, and you'll see what I store them in. And it's a black, I get them off of Uline. Uline. And it's a, a black pallet crate because mm-hmm. I'm lazy. And so I, I got that tractor with a forklift, and so I want everything with forklifts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah. moving around, and I got a, a floor jack. But then it, I made sure I sealed all the holes so no rats or rodents or anything like that could get in it. And I've stored them. I've stored them in my barn before I had a garage mm-hmm. in that way. And, and now I get to store them in the garage with a better climate control. But but storing it, that's what, plan on a couple hundred dollars if you're going to buy by the pallet to find a secure place to store it away from rodents or Mm -hmm. seal your building really good. You know, I mean, whatever you can do, there's, there's things you can do, but my shop, I don't think is, I, I, I I think mice can just get in when there's those little sons of bitches. You're in the Northwest. They're going to be really good to keep, if you're buying a lot like you are Mm -hmm. to keep the rodents out because those shipping containers are pretty much airtight and you can buy Normally, you can buy them pretty cheap because there's a whole lot of them that end over here from China, and we don't put anything else in them to send back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a 20-footer there that, that was part of my door, W. Over, that was the extension. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about storing it in, like, Rubbermaid totes? Or we have big plastic barrels that that's seal totally, this? That's totally fine for probably what you're – if you're storing it for a year – that's probably a bit excessive, but I don't think in your case, what you're buying, you're not storing it for a year at a time. You're probably no, storing it for no. a month at a time or so. Mm-hmm. You're fine. That's what I mm-hmm. honestly just put mine into a rubber okay. tote. So uh, one of them blue plastic totes with the lid, the, the clamp yeah. lids, mm-hmm. that's what you guys are talking about? What about other material? Like I use like a Monster Highway Products toolbox, like an aluminum box. Mm-hmm. Is that a bad idea to store them in metal versus plastic? Is there one that's better? Um, You have less chance. I mean getting well out of this is not my expertise this is just my common sense thinking here but i would say with plastic you have a lot less likely chance of getting foreign material in there versus sure. metal because you're not going to have any breakdown of plastic whereas you can get you know you're not going to get rust out of aluminum but you right it can still get corroded or sure you know what i mean there's still a potential for are you talking about damage. storing the bag in that in the bag yeah i just put the oh, bag in the bag in oh, yeah. yeah you're fine okay, yeah fine. Yeah, if you're dumping <laughs> it into there. He's like, oh, you got one of the little toolboxes there, and you just take a scoop. And yeah, I didn't know what he was doing. I mean, you guys are from Oregon. I mean, yeah, he, he, is I mean different. he does look like a redneck. A little yeah. I mean, like, and honestly, for me, that's like a jumbo shrimp. I didn't know you had rednecks from Oregon until <laughs> I met you all. Yeah, there's a few of us. You've never been down to Southern, Southern Oregon. Yeah. We're in a different region. You, got, you guys As, are an oxymoron, I will tell you that. <laughs> As Buddy said, you guys down there are a little different. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. Everybody thinks Oregon and Washington. They think Portland and Seattle. And it's like, that's just one little sliver of the whole thing. You get anywhere out of there, and it's like, man, there's Sarah. So, so that's storing food, I think. We jumped into that. But, Mama, Dreyer, you had some questions, and and, and you, were, you were wanting to know more about the food. and About the ingredients mm-hmm. per from puppy to run your running hounds versus off-season versus age does that make sense sir mm-hmm. okay. and, and you're wanting on our specific products or what you should be looking for what overall we should, yeah the fats the okay. proteins so so i would do it two ways uh, chip is is number one like i want you to want, i i feed high standard like so i i like it my dogs hold up well there's some people who may not like it they may feel whatever so i want to be in this section of you feed you know whoever's listening to this do your research and feed what you feed. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's cheap food out there that I won't touch, and, and there's, you know, more expensive food that I'm like, yeah, I can't afford that. So 
I found, and, and I just, my endorsement for whatever it's worth, I feed this high standard and I'm happy with the results. My dogs hold up well on it. I got to cut them back quite a bit of feed during the summer when I'm not running them because they will, they'll get big mm-hmm. you know, and it takes me a little while to get them back in shape. But, um, so I would do it two different ways. One is, you know, generically, this will be helpful for everybody. And then talk specifically. And then, on. yeah. Well, then and the other thing I do want to say before I forget too. So on the West coast guys like yourself are very familiar with the high standard in the East. Joy is probably more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you don't, oh, son of a gun, I can't get high standard here or I can't get joy here. Um, do know that those products, the difference in most of them is the packaging. There is an equivalent to every joy product in the high standard line and vice versa with a few exceptions. But uh, if you're if you're really happy with the high standard 2618, and you don't have high standard in your area, you can get the equivalent Joy product or vice versa. And the, the recipe is the same. The dogs aren't going to have a changeover or anything. Exactly like right. Okay. Exactly right. Um, but but starting out just from that general purpose, you're you're looking at four main things in dog food. Period. You're looking at your protein source. You're looking at your carbohydrate source, your fats, and your vitamin and vitamins and minerals. And the dog food should supply all of that. Correct. One hundred percent. Your protein sources can be all over the board. I mean, I'm sure you guys could rattle off 100, but you have your meat and bow meal. You got soybean meal. You have peas. Um, you have chicken meal, real chicken. What do all those mean? Because I will say that dog food labeling is very tricky. It's um, different than like human food packaging, right? As far as what is required to be on the Honestly, dog food is very similar to that. You got to list the ingredients from the but in human food. Honest, in, in human food, whenever you look at a can of soup, human food is just as deceptive because I can promise you that that chicken that they're showing on that bowl of Campbell's no- or chicken noodle soup isn't the chicken they're putting in the, your chicken <laughs> sure. noodle. And it's kind of the same thing because you, you know you have anything that has bone meal in it. Whether it's meat, bone meal, beef, and bone meal, anything. You got 20% of your protein source right there that's not going to be digestible at the very least because of the bone meal. Right. And bone meal can be an added calcium source, but the problem is, and we'll find out when we get into the minerals, unless you have an equal parts phosphorus, that calcium is useless and the dog can't do anything with it. So anything with bone meal, you're not going to have a very digestible protein source. Your chicken meal versus real chicken and, or beef meal versus real beef. Um, the common misnomer there is that there's a heck of a lot of difference. And the reality is chicken meal is the mechanically separated chicken from the bone and dehydrated to 10% moisture. Real chicken is mechanically separated chicken from the bone and frozen into a slurry. One's 10% moisture, one's 70% moisture. Same nutritional ingredient, but one is dehydrated, one is fresh and frozen. If you look at any product that advertises as real chicken, or real beef, lamb, whatever. If you look, normally your third or fourth ingredient is going to be chicken meal or beef meal or whatever because they actually have to get the protein out of somewhere because the product that they're using as their primary ingredient is 70% water. That's true. Um, Now, at the same time, you know, we use real chicken in our puppy food as our third ingredient, not because we're trying to be deceptive, but from a palatability standpoint, that real chicken will make those young pups start eating the product sooner. Yeah. Um, but that's the big thing. And then the other one that's everybody doesn't know what it is, is chicken or poultry byproduct. 
that one can be across the board. It can be the whole spent hen ground up in feathers, feet, beaks, the whole nine yards ground up and dehydrated. Or it can be chicken meal and organ meat. If there's organ meat in it, we have to call it chicken byproduct meal. There's not necessarily anything wrong with organ meat. Um, so it's tough. But the when you're looking at pet foods, I'll tell you, the number one thing that you want to look for, because they are digestible calories per cup, every bag of dog food will have the digestible calories per cup on the bag, or at least digestible calories per kilogram. Unlike human labels, the pizza that you just got in, if there was an ingredient label on it, it would say a thousand calories or, or whatever. Big Mac can be a thousand calories. That doesn't mean that they're digestible calories. Gotcha. On a bag of dog food, when you're looking at those calorie content, those are digestible calories. So if I've got a product that's 505 digestible kilocalories per cup and one is 389 and they're both using chicken byproduct meal, which one do you think has the better quality chicken byproduct meal? Go ahead and you can answer. Well, I was just going to say because one's 70% water Yeah. and the other one's byproduct. So no, no, what I'm saying as far as those calories go, if I have two different products that have the chicken byproduct meal and one's 389 calories and one's 505, the one that's 505 is going to be the better quality chicken. So, and honestly, your difference in digestibility is going to vary mostly from your protein source, much more so than your carbohydrate sources. That's where there's a lot more because, animal, or vegetable proteins, your peas or your soybean, are only going to be about 80% digestible. And that's one of the, you know, with a lot of the, the products out there that are, and we have a grain-free product. There is a purpose for a grain-free product. But the misconception a lot of consumers have is that grain-free products don't have any meat. Well, dogs need carbohydrates. They've been domesticated for 6,000 years. We didn't have commercial or have refrigeration until the 1940s. We, we didn't have um, – there, there was no way for people to get meat. There was no commercial dog sure. food prior to 1942. So people fed cornmeal mush or what, some combination thereof for – thousands of years before we started making commercial dog food and getting stabilized meat in their dog food. So their dogs need those carbohydrates. Right. Okay. Do you ever see that, uh, that you, that Facebook video? And I, it's probably fake, but there's a gal there. She's a vegetarian and she's bragging about her dog being a vegetarian. She has a plate of meat and a, like a, a non-meat thing. And she's, I'm sure it's fake as hell, but that that dog just starts chowing down time. the meat. And every she's time, like, no, no. Anyway, that's what was making me think when you were talking about that. Yeah. I was like, and, and honestly, I think part of the issue and the confusion in pet food anymore is that there's a lot of companies that manufacture the foods to cater to the pet owner yeah, instead of sure. the nutritional needs of the dog. The human, it, it, that's who's buying it, and that who feels good about a purchase. They don't yeah. care what it. When I talk to my breeders all the time, one of my line I tell them is that they're raising dogs and selling children because the reality is mm-hmm. yeah. they are. They're selling family members. <laughs> yeah. and, and the average person, you know, those of us that have hunting dogs, and, and especially in your case with the number that you buying a new dog is not a, a rare thing with you guys. But most pet owners, they do it once or twice in their adult lifetime. That's yeah, why yeah. it's such a big deal to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we just drag new ones home. <laughs> just gotta hide them for a little yeah. while. Like, oh. oh, Danny woke up at Elk Creek, and she had heard us talking in the tent because Colin came out and he says, "Dad, is that a new dog?" Shh. 
<laughs> she says, I heard you. I'm like, well, I, I knew I wouldn't be in too much trouble. But, yeah, we just bring him home. Sneak it home, and a couple months later, you're like, oh, no, that's the same dog been it's there like the whole guns. time. I can't believe you haven't seen well, that like one. like getting a new gun. Yeah, you get him in the gun Is it necessary? Safe. No, but it doesn't hurt anything. <laughs> is that dog bred? How did that happen? I don't know. I just that's don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Oh. Uh, did that, Mama Dre, did you follow some of that stuff? Yeah, that I was, was taking notes the best I can. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and then, so with the carbohydrates, the reality is most carbohydrates in pet food are equal. equal. Mm-hmm. The way we process, the extrusion process, processes those carbohydrates to make them all about 98% digestible. So whether it's rice, wheat, corn, it, it doesn't really make a difference as far as what kind of carbohydrate it is. Now, I will say the, the peas, which they're using a lot of those grain-free products, they're a great carbohydrate source, but they're also 30% protein, which means you're going to have less animal protein and some More vegetable protein. So you're not going to have as digestible of a protein source because you do have 30% protein from those peas. Fat, chicken fat, beef tallow, whatever it is, it, it's 100% digestible. Those mm-hmm. dogs are going to utilize that uh, one way or another. Um, chicken fat um, tends to for the most part, tends to be more palatable and more stable. So that's what we, we use. Um, but there's nothing nutritionally wrong with, with beef tallow either. Um, moving on to your vitamins and minerals, that's where a lot of people overlook is, first of all, all those calories I was talking about before, they are worthless unless they're balanced to those vitamins and minerals. Because if I thought that's the reason dogs eat calories and vitamins and minerals if they're not balanced and say you're feeding free choice or you're rationing whatever but and they say they require 2,000 calories a day but they are only getting the equivalent of a thousand calories of vitamins and minerals that dog's going to need to eat more calories to get the necessary vitamins and minerals or vice versa it can go the opposite and so what happens is you get a confused dog that doesn't know how much they're supposed to eat and especially if you're feeding free choice and you're in a breeding situation. or what? What, what do you mean by free choice? Where you just have dog food free in front feed. of them all okay, the time. That's what I thought. Most, okay. dogs are, most dogs will adapt to how much they eat if they have food in front of them all the time to mm-hmm. eat what they nutritionally need. Yeah. There are breeds like Labradors that just by nature are pigs and you have to pay attention to certain dogs and or breeds yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, you know. I got a dog that'll eat, puke it up, eat, puke it up. Like <laughs> you got to refill. It's like, well, we just do it. I enjoyed that so much. I want to do it yeah. again. But but ideally, you want to make sure that if you're meeting their calorie requirements, you're also meeting their vitamin and mineral requirements yeah. with the same cup of dog food. Because otherwise, you're not going to. You're either going to be nutrient deficient, mm-hmm. or calorie deficient, or more calories, which means you're going to have an overweight dog or an underweight dog because those vitamins and minerals aren't matching up. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if, if you are breeding any dogs, that can cause a real problem with your cycling if your dog is not an ideal body weight. I mean, when you look at that dog from over top, you know, feed to the body weight. That If, if you are rationing the feed, you should see an hourglass. You know, on a hound, it's not a bad problem to see the back ribs. You don't want to see the front ribs. You don't want to see the backbone, but you want to be able to feed the back, feel the backbone. Right. Um. A lot of times our public perception is dogs, actually a healthy dog, our public perception is that, Chunky. yeah, they're, they're, they're heavy. They're too heavy. Chunky. Yeah. You know, Nicely I mean, it drives heavy. me crazy. I can see on HSUS, you know, they put an advertisement on television about your hound sitting outside and how 
un, unhealthy that is for the dog. Meanwhile, they show me their picture of their 80-pound overweight Labrador sitting on the couch. That yeah. Labrador is in worse shape than your hound is just because it's 20 degrees outside. Exactly. Yeah. So this is probably a rare, odd question, but why do dogs eat their shit? <laughs> like, are they lacking <laughs> we, in... we, we had to whisper that, Mark. <laughs> Are they lacking? Is this like a Biden thing? I mean, no, you... no, I just, I watch it happen. I didn't know if I could swear. You can swear. I, I didn't if know if it's a lack of much. minerals, no. a lack of something, but when I look out the it window. It can be and... a combination of all the above. It can, it it can be happen, a lack of, it? It, it can be a lack of vitamins and minerals, but you also are going to have some Breeds? dumb dogs or idiot dogs that mm-hmm. they just like to eat. Crap. Okay. <laughs> that, you know, they have a name um, for those. They're called shit eaters. I yeah, know. We exactly. call ours that sometimes. But <laughs> when I look out the window and I see him doing it, I want to yell, don't, don't eat that. I'll feed you something else. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll bring you scraps or whatever. <laughs> you know, there's people that will pay for that dog. You yeah. Know, you don't even have to clean, clean their kennels. kennels. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, this guy clean some one time, dog Sometimes poop, it is a it. deficiency, but honestly, more often than not, it's just that dang dog likes to eat crap for whatever okay. reason. Okay. Just curious if. Our dog food was blackened in. Have you ever tried that stop? I don't know. We got stool eating deterrent. Stool eating deterrent. Never heard of it. No. One thing I will say is if you have a dog food that is not as digestible, there could be stuff in there that is attracting it to eat that as well. And that is possible. Okay. But more often than not, you just have a dog that likes to eat crap. But there is, yeah, you were talking, there is a stool a product that you put in it that's supposed to stop that, is there not? I yep. think so. I don't know much about we it. Carry we it. carry it, but mm-hmm. I've never You do carry it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you test it out, see if it's, it's called Stop, I think. Stool eating deterrent. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Well, we'll sell some. We're going to sell a bunch stop of stuff. Stop shit eaters. <laughs> we need to rebrand that. We yeah. need to market that one. <laughs> but going back to your specific question from before, your. Um, for your adult dogs mm-hmm. that you're running hard, mm-hmm. you want to be feeding a feed that is at least 450 kilocalories per cup or higher because for them to maintain and without, you know, that's where you need to be for a performance dog like that. The one thing I will say, too, in your case with bear dogs, you're kind of at the upper echelon, but you're going to have many other people listening here. Keep in mind, just because you have a hunting dog does not mean that your dog is at the upper echelons of the hunting dog world. Yeah. Beagle guys forget that there's coon hunters and coon hunters forget that there's bear dog guys or coyote guys. Yep, we have coyote and, dogs, and yep. you know, bird hunters are kind of in that same, but then we all forget that there's sled dogs out there that run a hundred miles and pull a sled through negative 80 degree weather. Yeah. So when you're figuring out that just don't automatically assume when you're looking at a chart that you have the most active dog in the world. When you're trying to figure out how much feet, because there's always somebody that's a little bit tougher and a little bit more active yeah. than your dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, and it's, I, I get a lot of pleasure out of this by telling people this because I refuse, I've never had an iPhone. I've always had an Android and my wife tells me I'm backwards because of that. Mm-hmm. But this is the only app that I know that is available on Android only and not iPhone. So I like to talk about, <laughs> but there's a app that I get on my Android called the dog food calculator. You can put in the activity level of your dog, put in the calories per cup, put in whether it's pregnant, nursing, whatever the case might be. And it will actually give you a starting point of how many 
calories and or cups of dog food that that dog should start with. Right. And it's it comes in handy because, honestly, a lot of us look at that back of the bag of dog food. And the reality is that back of the bag of dog food is designed as a cover my backside bag of dog food because we're feeding all different breeds, all different lifestyles, all different dogs with jobs or just pets. There's such a wide swing of what your dog does need versus another dog needs. Yeah. That's a good starting point of just getting yourself pointed in the right direction is using that app. I use it all the time, especially if I'm trying to sit there and calculate um, if, if somebody's going to do a feed trial of how many bags they're going to need to feed for a two-month period of time based on the number of dogs that they're going to try in that feed trial or whatever the case might be. But it's a very good app. Um, but, you know, what you're looking for is you want a high-calorie, dense feed where the dogs are utilizing their fat first. They should be getting all their energy from the fat first. Then they rely on glucose, which they get from their carbohydrates once they exhaust their fat to, to give them that level thing. Um, when I was talking carbohydrates before, you want to stay away from potatoes just because, much like giving a 10-year-old kid a can of soda pop at 10 o'clock at night it's going to be a real high peak and a real low low you're not going to get a steady gradual like sure. you are from a whole or grain right um but you don't want your product to be overloaded with carbohydrates where they're forced to use the carbohydrates ahead of the fat we want them burning that fat first that's going to keep them lean healthy and they're not going to run as hot we do not want the dogs to have to break down protein for energy protein is there to build muscle and to help that dog fully mature and develop. In fact, um, a lot of folks make the mistake of in the running season, they'll go to a 30% protein and a 20% fat when their dogs really look good, fine on a 26-18 or a 24-20. Yeah, I was going to ask that because I, mean, I, I get a lot of people that are like, yeah, I feed 30, you know, 30 and I, I don't know enough about mm -hmm. it, and, and I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really care to... to to study this. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I want to know what I need to do for my dogs. And I got other shit I worry about for, you know, <laughs> what I need to waste my time on, which is normally W stuff and family <laughs> stuff. Mm -hmm. But the dog, I always feed the 26, 18 is just because that's what I've done. Mm -hmm. And I've got to cut back on, I know that I, mm -hmm. I, I, when I'm hunting hard, I can pour it on a little bit more. And when I'm, I'm hunting less, I can pull it back. And I've mm -hmm. never had to switch that. I've never felt the need to switch that 30, 20. And well, first, like I said, the, the 30, if you have a young dog, mm -hmm. and depending on the breed, that definition is young can be different. Yeah. Um, even within the hound breeds, it depends on w when they mature. So, you know, there's some dogs that really aren't going to mature to other two. There's some that are pretty much done at, at one, depending on their line of genetics. But once that dog is completely mature, yeah. you should go to a your adult food, whether it be a 2420, a 2618. What happens then is, like I said, those protein doesn't give them any more energy. It builds muscle, but they're already fully muscled and developed out. What that extra protein will do is spike their metabolism. They'll actually have to work harder to process that protein, and they're going to run leaner and hotter on the higher protein feed than they will the lower protein feed. Unfortunately, so what would be the benefit of that? And that sounds like a kind what of would the benefit of it to me? There, there's a lot of folks that do it simply because there's a lot of brands out there. That there's such a quality gap between their 2420 or their 2618 and their 3020. They actually get better results out of their 3020 than they would the lower because there's a big swing on calories. Our 2420, for example, is only five calories less per cup than my 3020s. So there's not that big swing of 
raw energy that's available. But, you know, if you, there's some brands out there that you go all the way from a 3020 all the way down to a 2212 is the next yeah. step. That, that's why guys do that. So 2618, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that kind of in the middle or what is that? 268, the biggest thing, don't pay attention so much to that protein and fat number, but that calorie number. Uh-huh. I mean, if you're 26% protein and below and your dogs are somewhere 60 pounds and less, you're going to be perfectly fine for your adult dog. Um, those younger dogs, you do want to, because they're still developing, you want that higher protein. Now, um, your giant breed dogs, you know, and there's not too many of those that are in the hound world. I mean, but I guess if you had a blue Gaskin um, that was pushing 100, those dogs I would de- definitely recommend to be more on the 2420 than the 2618 because, again. So you would back them off, a bigger back dog off back the protein. Off. Giant breed dogs, the reason they have a shorter life expectancy than smaller dogs is they have a hard time processing protein. It's okay. harder on their kidneys. So the higher protein you feed for them, and it might not be till they're seven or eight years old, but a lot of them, that's their life expectancy. That's where they develop kidney problems and whatnot. If you can keep them on a low calorie or a low f- protein feed, but high calorie in the long run with those giant dogs that I'd say 80 and up, mm-hmm. you're going to be better off. Yeah. And um, so what would be, um, who would what, what's the benefit for going for a 3020 30 20 would be it's going to first of all for that puppies well first of all it's for your young dogs to help them physically mature okay. and muscle out build because muscle. that's building muscle. building muscle and then the other thing is whenever you're dealing with pregnant females like our 30 20 it is it is formulated to really be a great mother food mm-hmm. from the 35th day of pregnancy until those pump pups start to wean um it's got the high calories, the protein is necessary for those amino acids and everything to make sure that everything's getting passed off and those puppies are developing right in the womb. It's got a vitamin and mineral balance to take care of not just mama but the puppies. Um, But that 35th day is key. Whether you're feeding my product or you're feeding somebody else's product, you need to go to a more calorie-dense feed at that 35th day. That's when the puppies go from a cell to an embryo. Her calorie requirement will triple in less than a week. And what happens then is you got a mama that has a puppy full or a belly full of puppies. And then all of a sudden she has to eat three times as much feed. And if you don't switch the feeds, now all of a sudden she has to eat three times as much more volume. And she still has to drink. Sometimes she just doesn't physically have the room to do that. Um, Now, Jason, you asked me last night and you said sometimes um, you have dogs that don't yeah, in the past, just we kind just of had back issues off. just backing off feed, and you can't pour enough to them. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you can do there that I – my first recommendation before you start throwing all kinds of supplements or goat's milk or chicken or anything, because keep in mind that vitamin and mineral balance, especially for your mamas, is, import, is more important than anything. If you just start throwing venison or chicken or whatever to that pregnant female, you're not giving her the equivalent vitamin and minerals to those calories. So now you're throwing that all out of whack and she's, they're going to be deficient on something. Yeah. Um, but my first step is I would say hit them with a good dose of probiotics. That's going to straighten out their gut. If they're, you know, a lot of times dogs get stressed, whether they're pregnant through the whelping process, it happens a lot where that's just an anxious moment for them and they get stressed. That can cause their gut to not be out of, get out of whack hit them with a good dose of good quality probiotics um and try to get 
their gut straighten out. If that doesn't work, then go ahead and try goat's milk or something like that. But more often than not, if you're feeding a good quality feed and you're hitting them with a dose of probiotics, if they're feeling stressed, you should get that straightened out and they should go back on to feed. I notice it happen a lot more often after the whelping process where the female wants to come off a feed a little bit, hit them with that good shot at probiotics, straighten that gut out, and then... um, they should be on the way. One thing with pet food, don't pay for probiotics in your pet food. We cook at 220 degrees to kill bad bacteria like salmonella. Good bacteria and bad bacteria die at the same temperatures. The, those nurse products out there that have probiotics in them. They just die whenever you cook yeah. them. And, and some people say, well, we put them on after the fact, after the cooking process. Well, probiotics become activated at 75 degrees. So unless they're in climate-controlled trucking and warehousing for the entire life of that bag of dog food before it comes to your house, those probiotics are going to become activated and they're in a bag, oftentimes in a sealed plastic bag with the very stuff that they're supposed to help digest. You're going to open up a bag of mush in about three months whenever you get to that bag of dog food because those probiotics have become activated. Um, Interesting. You're taking a lot of notes, Mama Dre. Yeah, she's like going... Three, four pages now. When I was in college, I wish you were next to me. I would just let well, you look, take all the notes. And so far, all I see is pretty brown eyes, <laughs> neatly trimmed beard. She, she was taking notes She's on my flirt. appearance, we not even about that. dog food at all. Yeah. Well, when they ask questions, I want to act like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like <laughs> they don't ever trust me until it's too late. Were you so. one of those in class that you paid attention? Sometimes. <laughs> Things that interest me? Yes. Yes, they did. So in all that, because I kind of want to cover, did I answer all of your questions? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We just had two litters born four weeks apart. One mother had one. Mm-hmm. One mother had 14. Mm-hmm. So feed the same dog food, that, same housing. That tells me. Well, I can honestly, oftentimes, especially, you're talking, what breed of dog do you have? Plots. Yeah. One <laughs> thing I can tell you right now. Here come the plot jokes. Yeah. No, it has nothing to do with plots. <laughs> I mean, I. I Regardless of what their ability is, I love the history of the plot breed. Yeah. I have Boykin Spaniels because of the history of the Boykin Spaniels. You know, if I had a hound, it would probably be a plot simply because of uh, the history of that breed and that the English hadn't got a chance to screw it up. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that I'm going to be a big competition guy one way or another anyhow, so it doesn't matter if I have a plot or not. But uh, more often than not, if you got two breeds of dogs in the same – you know, the same kennel situation. Um, have both of either one of them been mothers before? One has, one hasn't. The one that had not, was that the one that had the one or the one that had the 14? The one that had the 14 was her first time. Okay. So, more often than not, number of puppies in a litter has more to do with timing than anything else. Whenever those females start to cycle, the key is what day are they ovulating? Sometimes. How much could, is one puppy? That's, yeah, how do you breed puppy, for that's one? That's all I want. What's that? <laughs> so what, what's the day for one puppy? Two puppies. <laughs> well, maybe. it all depends on when those <laughs> eggs get released. And that's what I'm saying. So they might start ovulating on day two this cycle. But the next cycle, it might not be till day 14. And there's yeah. some breeds that are really known for that, like uh, Bernice Mountain Dogs. They'll be all over the place. German Shepherds can be all over the place. French Bulldogs, the same thing. Honestly, in my area of expertise as far as working with breeders there's not too many people that i work with that are raising plot puppies to sell as pets Um, that's just not the breed that plots are there's a lot of people that raise plots to sell 
but for other purposes than pets. So I don't have a whole lot of experience as far as what their typical ovulation, but that would be the first thing for me is I would look back and try to figure out, you know, when that female is ovulating and you want to make sure you're hitting the right day. Cause that can be the difference between one and 14 puppies. Um, and you can actually, if you have a good vet for 75 bucks, they progesterone can, test them. They can do progesterone testing. If you live near an Amish community, I guarantee you somebody has their own progesterone machine that's going to not going to cost you $75 to go run some blood work because why? Because most of those the bigger breeders will have their own. The Amish? Mm hmm. Are they breeding horses or dogs or? Dogs. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I was thinking people, but no, no, sorry. No, no. I was like, <laughs> no, the, so, you're so Amish. Your our issue. Amish community <laughs> yeah, in the state stop. of Indiana and. In Ohio and Pennsylvania, they have some of the most immaculate kennels that you've ever seen in your life. Um, I mean, I've, I've got some guys that have three, four hundred thousand dollar kennels, but that's what they do is they make their living selling puppies. Yeah. Oh. No. You know. But they do have big families too, though, don't they? Um, they have bigger families than we do. Yeah. Um, it's how many buddies rabbit? I would say oh, yeah. I, I would say normals probably like five. Play, play I mean, and it all depends. Like for somebody from Oregon, like. There's a lot of differences between different Amish communities in the country. Some are more progressive and some are more conservative than others. Much like there are some Catholics that believe in birth control and some Catholics that do not. Right. So depending on which community that you're dealing with, as far as that goes, or the size of the families. But I would say the average is probably about five, but okay. I've got That's a, not too bad. I've got a neighbor for where my, my family and I, we have a camp up in northwest PA, and we live in a really near, mm -hmm. really conservative Amish community yeah and our neighbors to that camp um i honestly think they're at 17 yeah but um, I, there's a big uh not Amish, uh apostolic community up by in, in our area and mm -hmm. so they have big families so i just i don't know why i always just kind of because they're a little bit clickish you know what i mean they're they're mm -hmm. their religion they're really really into it so well and you were heathen you could hang well, out and, with and them. the other thing yeah. the other if and you, ha good if you have no television so no not, sports or whatever what yeah. else is there to do hunt but yeah, unless you're in coon hunting, what else are you doing at night? Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> no, but the, like those episodes, I mean, they hunt hard, and, and there's a lot, and they work hard too. I mean, that there's some mm -hmm. good, good. I mean, if I was, you know, I would say if I was in, in town with gangs and shit, I, there's much more problems I'd have than big, good religious communities. Well, I, I can tell you, just I mean, I work in a lot of Amish Mennonite communities around the country. Mm -hmm. I think the general going rate of success of small businesses in America is what eighty percent failure. Yeah, I'd be willing to bet you eighty percent of them are success. Yeah, just because they have the mentors in place and the sense of community that helps them support one another. Yeah, and and they work hard. Yeah. You know, they they actually learn skill life skills whenever they're in their school. Um, if you look at the state of Pennsylvania, agriculture is our number one industry still. And I would tell you a big part of that is because we have a very, very vibrant playing community mm -hmm. in that state that have still been successful farming despite, you know, and kept small farms yeah. going instead of it all just being big farms. Yeah. No, absolutely. We, we work with a couple of Amish companies. And I mean, they're, I got, I'm not speaking bad of them, but I should probably clarify that. Yeah. But, but anyways, I, I, I always just assume they have big families for some reason. I don't know why. Anyways, back to the topic because I just totally derailed it all. Yeah, you did. They're gonna kick me off this podcast one day. <laughs> no, they're not. You, you own the podcast. <laughs> this is educational. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, if somebody, um, 
wanted to get food, mm-hmm. you know, besides going to the local feed store, which is, you know, I, I'll piss off local feed stores, but, you know, if, like for me, I, I we order it by the truck. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we order the whole case and we have a big pot of it. And I, and I've always thought, you know, I don't, when I, we were, we were talking last night and like, I'm not interested in selling dog food at $2 a bag because you're probably going to want me to carry that shit to your truck. And I'm, not, mm-hmm. I'm not carrying it. I'm, just, I'm lazy like that. Those are 50 like, pounds, not 40s anymore. There's a pallet. And then I feel like a dick when I'm like, hey, there's a pallet there. Can I watch you buy one by one? Yeah. So then I feel bad. Then I got to start carrying bags and then I'm, you know, I get mad. I'm like, damn it, why am I carrying this guy's dog food? Yeah. Anyways, long story short. So I'm not interested in selling dog food at W just because. Like I told That's you, it's not your business. It's not my business yeah. model. It's it's not what I really want to focus on. And and dude, I just don't think it's it's one of those things that I can't go hunting as much if I got to deal with big old pallets of dog food for mm-hmm. people. So so we just get together. We get a truck. Everybody comes in. They take it away. And I don't have any BS to deal with. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody starts floundering about oh this or kicking the tires or whatever, I'm like, dude, you're out. Mm-hmm. You're not in my circle. This you're circle, out of the cool kid club. Everybody just shows up. They pay the money. They pick up their stuff and they leave. Mm-hmm. And then we go the rest of the year and we have our food for a year. And we do that once a year. Um, how would somebody, you know, like Mama Jay? So Dreyer it's, it's, it's going like, to hey. depend a lot on geography. Yeah. Um, you know, as you get Texas and East, we actually do have some pretty good distribution. I'm up here this week because Wisconsin is a whole for us. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody listening from Wisconsin, I have the ability to get product shipped into the area as little as a pallet at a time. Um, which it would be those 40, 50-pound bags. Um, so g- give me a call, and I'll give you my phone number to the end of this. But uh, there there are multiple options. I mean, throughout a lot of the country, we have a great dealer network. Yeah. Um, that you can go to those dealers, and many of those dealers will give you a discount on a pallet at a time or 10 bags at a time or whatever. Um, once you start getting west out towards you guys, honestly, I think the Just best thing is, is, is to do what you're doing um, because the trucking is more expensive, but quite frankly, and, and I hope I'm not speaking, is give me a call. If you're from Idaho or Wyoming or or Montana, give me a call, and maybe we can then work with you guys, and we can put out a blast to other people in that area and try to put that together, that yeah, truckload, sure. where we can help you build that truckload. Because distribution in the West is rough, especially on commodity products that are coming from the east, and it's only going to get rougher because of freight. Yeah, um, yeah. We used to get it out of Salt Lake or Ogden or wherever, mm-hmm. and and uh, was talking to Wade, and, and the prices and everything was just changing. This was two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And so now it, you're, it's coming out of where, like now it's now we have MS, two MSP? different plants that are manufacturing for us, and it's coming out of uh, Western Ohio. Oh, Ohio, okay. yeah, yeah. That's where it's made. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, getting that from all the way. Well, and quite frankly, even when your product was getting manufactured in Ogden, a lot of their ingredients were getting hauled from the Midwest to Ogden. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there was trucking it to there or something, but it was just logistic. Yeah. On the West, it's a logistical nightmare to get So, you know, like I said, if you're in California, New Mexico, Idaho, give me a call. I'll get with Jason, you, maybe yeah. we can send out an email, blast. I don't know how you communicate, Facebook posts or whatever, and collectively get some guys put together to basically do the same thing as you are. Yeah. But I will tell you, there is no, you know, if you're going to be a guy like Buddy to help put that and put it together, if you're yeah. going to be somebody that wants me to send you a pallet at a time and have you sell out of your house or garage, yeah. let me just be up front. Your buddies are not going to ask Tractor Supply for credit. But yeah. they're going to ask you for credit. 
Yeah. Don't let them do it. <laughs> your your buddies are not going to go to Tractor Supply two hours after they close and expect to get dog food. But they're going to show up at your house at 10 o'clock at night and expect to get dog food. They're going to, when they go to Tractor Supply, they go in, they go out, and they check out the register. I'm giving way too much um, advertisement for that particular company. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 we build our business on the backs of the independents. I want people to work with my independents. But you're not going to go to your local feed store. At least most of us aren't going to go to our local feed store and bullshit for three hours. Yeah. But yeah. when you're trying to get your grass cut on Saturday and your hound buddy comes by to pick up a bag of dog food, <laughs> he's going to want a cup of coffee, a couple cookies, and sit there and bullshit for three hours. When you So if you're going to do that, <laughs> that is so true. set the rules up front. Tell them there is no credit. If we're doing an honor box, we're doing an honor box, but there is no credit. And you can pick up dog food between 4 and 8 o'clock. During the week and between 8 and 10 in the morning on Saturday. But set the rules and the parameters up front and stay with them because our buddies will abuse us if, if we give them the opportunity to do it. And you got to wear a mask if you come into my house. I'm thinking, you don't want to wear one. I'm not worried about COVID, but I'm like, you put a mask on too, so you don't want to hang around too long. <laughs> your ass is here. You're picking up your dog food. You'll get your ass out. Oh, that's funny. Because yours is all gone in one day, right? Everybody just yeah, like. Yeah, everybody shows up. It's like, we, whoosh. We pile it up. I'll haul some back to, I got a flatbed, so I'll hold, you know, seven, eight pallets for some guys on, that are close. But yeah. That would probably be the wisest. As many of ours have grown up it's the shipping. and gone into it. You know what I mean? Each yeah. one that has hounds, now yeah. that's branched off. Mm-hmm. That would probably shipping. be wise. What's a pallet running to ship right now? Just throw something out there. It all depends on the part of the country. Like right, right now to ship one pallet from my good distributor in the state of Indiana into the state of Wisconsin is costing me between 100 and $120 for the shipping. For the pallet. Um, yeah, as far as the price of the dog food, um, talk to me after the fact because we have different distributors throughout different parts of the country and different distributors have different freight rates. And and I don't want to upset the guy in this part of the country because this guy over here in this part of the country is getting it cheaper. Yeah. A lot of times that has nothing to do with us. It has to do with who the distributors are, who the dealers are, what the freight rates are. Yeah. Um, our goal is to get you a good product at a competitive price. Um we're charging all of our customers the same price mm-hmm. for the product coming out of our plant. There's just a lot of other variables figuring out what that yeah, and the end fuel price right piece. Now, and the trucking and all that. It's like yeah. the, do you have distributors in Wisconsin? I do not have. I have a few dealers in southern Wisconsin. He's working on it that's right what, now. That's what I'm up here to do is, is, that, is put that <laughs> I up. So I, I, will, I will have. They're going to come in. They're going to get a haircut and a dog food bag. Do you cut hair? He's going to trade some haircuts for some dog food. I can feel it right now. No, I was just curious because I only have one or two left. Do you charge me full price for that or do you give me a discount whenever I really don't have that many hairs left to cut? Pence spot if it includes. This the, is exactly why you don't want to eyebrows, sell dog food. Eyebrows, ears, my, my, mustache, neckline. He don't go to supercuts and My father-in-law is a barber. And, ask for no and I, I love him to death. My father-in-law is a barber, but I think he rips up off every bald man in the in this in the Butler County, Pennsylvania, because that bald guy has to pay the same price for his haircut as the guy that has nice flowing locks. It's no. it's very discriminatory. Yeah, my. My bald hair customers don't pay as much as they that. don't. Good to okay. know. You're ignoring me, Chip. Do you ask Supercuts for the discount or just Mama Dreyer? I, if, if I went to Supercuts, <laughs> see, when you're married to a barber's daughter, yeah, oh. 
you you get very specific instructions on who can and cannot cut your hair and let me just tell you super cuts is not in that in that group yeah i went the only thing when i get a haircut i sit in that plate and i'm like just don't make me look stupid they're like what you want to do i was like, i don't care what you do just don't make me look stupid and it was super cuts one time i was working at intel and i got off for lunch i was gonna get a haircut really quick i had a scruffy old beard long hair and i'm like shave it off she said what you gonna do with your beard i said i'll trim it up when i get home and she's like, well, you want sideburns? I go, yeah, I normally trim it down there or whatever. Just, you know, blend it or whatever you want to do. And she just white-walled about an inch right below my ears. No, so I was, no. I looked like Jason with a big old beard yeah. and like a white walls on the side. And I'm like, I can't go back to work like this. I'm, yeah. I'm I thought you were going to tell her that not looking stupid was your mama's fault. It had nothing <laughs> to do with your haircut. <laughs> I've had that. You know, that's a hard, they, hard thing they to They look, look at over. you funny. When I go in and I get a haircut, they're like, what are we doing to the beard? Nothing. Don't touch it. Yeah. I'll figure that out when I get home because you will screw it up. Like, I got some dinner in there. I still got to finish later. Yeah, right. That's my, my secret stash right there. <laughs> that, that is one nice thing about a beard. You get some good fried chicken, I can taste it the rest of the day. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I could taste Mac sauce from a Big Mac for three hours after I have that Big Mac. It's, it's like heaven. I was going to try to use it instead of wearing a mask on the plane. I thought if I got a big rubber band, I could just flip this thing up and nobody would ever know oh man <laughs> we're rabbit holing no we are i, I was going to make another comment but i'll wait till we're off the air for it but that, but that whole mask in the beard thing that brought back some memories of what i told my dad <laughs> i probably know where you're going yeah. <laughs> oh have we covered all the topics oh, yeah. Dre, the dog yeah, food. yep that's kind of what i wanted to know um what so that they're going to Get a hold of you. Yeah, Chip. the best thing. What, give, uh, get a hold of me. Just get a phone it, number. My phone you... number is four one two five nine six zero two six four. Say um, it again, because somebody's driving. There's like, four, oh shit, I gotta pull over. Four one two five nine six zero two six four. Or you can, you know, you can go to our website or go to our Facebook and send a message and, and tell the office you need to get a hold of Chip, and and they'll get your message passed on to me. Um, do you own that company? No, I do not. Okay. Um, Who started it? Your, your... My grandfather is the one that founded Joy in 1945. What's his really? name? Russ Kosher. Okay. Um, in 2003, for personal reasons, my dad needed to sell the business. Um, at that point in time, uh, the company initially got bought out by an investment group. Uh, I'm not a very corporate person. I. Mm -hmm put a tractor trailer to dog food on a credit card and I became the joy distributor in my area in Western Pennsylvania at that time and did that um, along with a lot of, once you become self-employed buddies, you know, you get off on some tangents. Oh, yeah. So I got off on a few tangents <laughs> between 2003 and 2017 and um, sold the last piece of my business. But in 2012, Way Graskowitz, who started High Standard Dog Food in 1988, he bought the joy brand and got it back into being a family-owned business again. Um, so I was a customer of his for many years and then I came back to work for him and, uh, I'll be honest, we, we had a lot of rebuilding to do and we were kind of focusing on that local, what was closest to the plant. Cause that was most efficient. Yeah. And a lot of that was that the, the, the dog reader business within those Amish communities I was talking about. Yeah. But as we expanded and, and honestly, we've made a lot of improvements to our feeds over the years working with various veterinarians and what to make sure that we were nutritionally manufacturing to the needs of the dogs, not a price point, not the pet owner, but the nutritional needs of the dog. And as we started to grow again and, and move 
south and into and, and some areas that where hunting dogs are more of a national pastime than baseball is. Mm-hmm. Um, we start getting back. Why recreate the wheel? We got back to what my dad and my grandfather did before us, <coughs> and it's been very successful. I mean, uh, this year's PKC World Champion was a joy-fed dog. Many of the guys that were won the hundred thousand dollar hunt, they were joy fed dog. Um, Josh Michaelis, he's he's working for us now, mm-hmm. and he was feeding us feeding us long before he came to work for us. But uh, our feed works, and that's the one thing that's nice for me is I have all the confidence in the world that I uh, you're going to try my product and realize that I'm at least not full of it. You might not like me, or you might not like the product, or or, or the price of the product or whatever, but you're not going to be able to tell me that my product doesn't work. The product yeah. sells itself. Yeah, the product sells itself. <clears throat> yep. But, you know, back on the history, um, my grandfather only ever owned a miniature dachshund. But he's in the Bird Dog Hall of Fame, the PKC Hall of Fame, the UKC Hall of Fame, and the AKC Hall of Fame. That's, you know, because that was what we did was give back to this town. Sure. Yeah, uh, you know the hunting dog world and the, the dogs with jobs. Yeah, whenever that's how we came up, and we're trying to recreate that again and, and do the same thing. Yeah, no. That's so, do you have a lab degree? Is that how come you know so much? Like a biomed degree? I do not. Because he sounds like he's been working in a lab. I do not. Don't I, you think? My, my degree, believe it or not, was in engineering because I was going to learn how to run a dog food plant, and I did that for three years until. My dad said, you know what, I'm, I need to sell this business, and I didn't know what I was going to be when I grew up. Um, my knowledge on the nutritional background is, honestly, that's just stuff that I gleaned from working for my father. Life experience. But then also, you know, working with those veterinarians and putting together kennel management programs for those kennels that I work with and, and just gleaning information from other areas and other people in the field that are experts in their field. And uh, yeah, so I give a lot of credit to them because, you know, I, I just – if you ever get to the point where you're too smart to learn something new, you're really probably not very good at what you do at all anyhow yeah. in the first place. So. I always thought, you know, college, I, I could care less about a degree. I, I don't know I'd go back to college if I did it. But the only thing that it was was it teaches you to learn. You know what I mean? Like if you can teach yourself to learn and, you know, whatever. It is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, there was nothing I learned in college that I did at work. You know what I mean? Like I – but I learned how to <coughs> pick up a book or whatever, study something. You may have to read it five times, six times, ten, sometimes a lot of times if you're like me. Because I started. Well, and I was blessed. Whatever. I found my wife in college too. So <laughs> right that and there, and because of that, I became a much more efficient employee. Because I don't know what it is about women, but my wife, she can go to work, work all day long, and still take care of me in the household. If when I go home from work, I'm tired and don't do a dang thing. I want to hire somebody to cut my grip, but she, like, I. I we just moved into a new house, and I, I swear to God, she's. If there was a transformer that was half vampire and vacuum cleaner, that would be her because she's just nonstop going, 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 getting that house ready, and still gets up for work in the morning. I don't know how she does it. Yeah, I don't know. We just do it. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. I'm Me like, either. I'm ready to chill out, chill the hell out. But, mm-hmm. but no, just learning and and you know, reading a book, picking up, reading an article. Read the internet and then read another internet article because sometimes the internet's always right. Well, one thing that I've just and learned and, and just actually make good common sense and put two and two together, but when I was talking about those dogs being domesticated for all that time and the carbohydrates, one thing that is unique is the fact that your Arctic breed dogs, 
their guts function totally different than that of your hounds. Because for those same millennia, they were eating primarily raw meat diets because refrigeration wasn't an issue and they didn't have access to those carbohydrates. So a husky or a Malamute's gut will actually function totally different than that of a blue hound or a, oh, or a really? blue tick or a... So what would they... Uh, you want a higher protein feed, for, like a 30-20 would be fine for them. Oh, really? Because they have no issues processing. What would that happen? Way. Like losing hair, like that kind of, I mean, what would. They just process their energy differently. So yeah. you're, for them to hold up, they need a higher well, I was protein just thinking feed. with Shannon, she, I think she has huskies. Yeah. It? And uh, you know, she got a couple of bags whenever I got the pallet. I just kicked her some food. And her dogs, you know, it was allergic allergies or something. I don't know if it was allergies. I just, well, allergies can, you know, and allergies can affect any breed of dog. And they could be, you know. Yeah. I don't know if it was. You don't necessarily know what they are. But the biggest thing is those Arctic breed dogs are going to process their energy differently. differently. They're going to first use their fat, but then they are going to start processing some proteins mm. before the car, because that's the way their bodies had done it forever and ever and ever. Yeah. All right. We probably better get back to the auction before your husband buys some dogs, huh? You worried about him at that auction? Not at all. You took all the money. What's one no, more anyway? <laughs> like when you got that many what's one more <laughs> i just heard a number he's bought three puppies already yeah <laughs> i think my great nieces are and nephews are showing them off oh yeah oh a next generation possibly that's awesome that is awesome so yeah yeah it's fun to watch it is cool well i think this is our last podcast how many podcasts we record for this one i don't know when these are gonna come out what, what day is it coming it's uh saturday the 26th of March. so we've done good three yesterday right yeah, this yeah, is this number four. So we've gotten four done. Awesome. So we're going to wrap it up today, put all the equipment away, and pack up tonight. Jump a plane in the morning. Good is that you. a big breath of fresh air for you guys? Because that's, you know, we work with some other podcasts, and with and the one yeah. thing that just overwhelms me is you guys have to come up with content every week. Oh, yeah, that yeah. is, like, when you get ahead of the game a little bit, that's like, like a big, like, relaxation time of I don't have to think about this for a oh, little bit we mostly like during hunting person. season because <laughs> Jason's like when you get to be I'm like I don't know what my schedule is it's like I'm just gonna handle them buddy I'll just do it <laughs> whatever mm -hmm. when but like this when you can do them in person it's a whole different oh yeah element so when you have the opportunity you take it mm -hmm. you know it's a uh, it, we, we can us, normally find content pretty easy like for and, and we're blessed because we have such a really good network like mm -hmm. like it's just it's easy. I mean, for for us, it's just like, man, I just got to go. Like, Mama Dre here is like, Mama, come on here, do a podcast with Yeah, me. she knew she was doing it, what, two minutes before we <laughs> came in here? Yeah. We, we literally just grabbed her. But, um, you know, we we have such a good relationship with our customers. And, and I, I wish some customers would, would step up to the plate a little bit more. And and, and we've had emails and, and, you know, messages on, you know, subjects. And, hey, you should try to get this guy. And it's like, dude, just grab that guy and... and Set a date. I, I will say that you have such a good base of customers. The one thing that I have, I'm very envious of. So, our joy hats, you know, maybe not for those guys from Oregon, but they're pretty iconic here in the East. I mean, <laughs> our joy hats, they, they, they are probably more popular you than our go dog food. I probably the have some but the from one the thing, first the, but, time. but the one thing that I will say 
is we haven't figured out a way to get people to spend money on our hats the way you have on your stuff. I, I, we have that you, conversation. You're, give, you're giving Harley Davidson a run for their money, bud. I mean, that is impressive. There's more W t-shirts walking around here than there are white t-shirts. <laughs> yes. We just talked about that on podcast the other night. What so what's the just, ticket? They were your creative just, designers. Uh, again, it's, I the it's the community. I think it's. They want to support. Um, we support where we can. It's yeah. I think um, it's just being part of a movement. If that makes sense, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, um, and well, back to what we were talking about the Amish community before. Yeah. Their great sense of community that they have. Yeah. We have that with our customers and our houndsman community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to capitalize on it. The frustrating part is sometimes. Our community doesn't want to come out of the woods no, no. <laughs> to participate in the community True. events ever, all the time. But yeah, that's, but, but, but that's that sense of community, we have that with our customers and your customers or whatever. And you want to talk about a strong demographic to influence legislators or voter or voting a voting block? We got it. We just got to make sure that we get our voices heard. Yeah. You know, I I. Uh... Here comes We're another here. whole podcast. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> I have a question on one two. of those if I missed a podcast about. Yeah. So bring that up to me later. Well, uh, I was up here one of the first the first year I came here. I had a couple couple old boys from from Wisconsin like, "Buddy, you got to come out to this show, Wisconsin Bear." And I've been to a couple shows on the east, and it's two hundred to four hundred people. You know, dinner style banquet. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like on the west and. And uh, he's like, you come out here and bring some stuff. And it was me and Matt. We came out here. It was just, just me and I only had one employee. And we came out here. We had one table. We laid some antennas out. We probably brought one, you know, one or two collars, you know. And, and I mean, I think we were probably sold out in the first 30 minutes <laughs> on Friday. You know what I mean? We're like, holy shit, this is a busy <laughs> show. And the boys are coming by with drinks. And they're like, oh, W, you guys should have brought more stuff, man. This is a slow day. And we're thinking, mm-hmm. We better learn to talk. Well, I, the one thing, this is my first trip to Wisconsin. The one thing I have figured out is there's a reason why all those breweries settled in Milwaukee. Y'all know how to put away some beer down there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> True story. And yeah. I don't think you realize how far people have driven to come here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, because we I worked no registration idea. today, there are people that drove four hours one way. No more than that. I mean, just Michigan. in the, yeah, yeah, Michigan, but mm-hmm. in-state, like from mm-hmm. the Racine-Kenosha line or the Hayward line. Like, I'm mm-hmm. amazed. We used to have our conventions in either the Dells or Eau Claire. So they settled in this because it's centrally. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to how far families have traveled or guys yeah. have traveled, it's unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that kind of circles back into that community. Well, and, and so these events are event. great, too, because the bear hunters, you guys don't have the events to congregate around. Yeah, like right. the coon hunters have autumn oaks for the Grand American. The beaglers have their nationals and their big events, and the bird dog. Got, but you guys don't really have that organized. So these can be that fellowship time where you get together yeah. with everybody else and you develop that sense of community. Yeah, it's, it's like a it's like a um, a mountain man meeting. You know what I mean? Like every, uh, rendezvous, exactly yeah. Yeah. rendezvous. Where I think they meet exactly. four times a year in different areas of the state for like a Saturday morning, then a cookout. And then mm-hmm. to in that area, that if you have something to say, come to that meeting. Mm-hmm. So the board has to travel four or five times a year, but that's it. Gotcha. This is the big deal. Yeah. Well, and I want to think, too, Wisconsin bear hunters, correct me if I'm wrong, but like when Maine was having problems with legislation, you guys sent them money, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you guys are, you and Michigan, I think, are the front runners of making sure that those organizations are there. Yeah, we so sent for a big that, check. And 
And that anybody was, that's listening, how do they send money to support you guys? Do you know that? Like, how do they join Wisconsin Bear Hunters, or how how can somebody that's out there in Arkansas that wants to help contribute to what you guys do, how can they do so? DUsupply.com. Join the no, fight Wisconsin's page. not no. on there. Oh, they're, they're not. a big enough organization that I I think with the board, I, we, we should I should talk to Carl and see if he wants us to do that. Sometimes because we offer what is called a, a join the fight. Okay. And so, for a lot of organizations on the West which is not as well organized mm-hmm. as this one. You could go on there and you could join Idaho or California okay. or Oregon. And you just go on W, you buy that membership, and then we cut a check. And for that whole amount, so so let's say Oregon's membership is $35 a year. Mm-hmm. You go on our website, you buy it, $35. We're going to pay the, the credit card fee because you're going to use a credit card. So we pay that, and we send a $35 check to Oregon. So every dime of that Join the Fight page Goes to, goes to that organization. Yeah. I need to talk with Wisconsin. If, if there's some board members on there and they're interested in wanting to be on that page, we would ha- heads up. We could do it. The only thing we ask, and I'll, I'll just explain it for every every club that wants to be a part of that, join the fight. Here's the deal. We're going to send you the email of the customer on our order. It's going to have their address, their phone numbers. We're, we're not filling out your membership card. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to send you we're our order sending form. the free hats. If there's the... something you need in it, so, like, if you're sending a shirt or a decal or whatever, we can put that in the, the thing for the customer to fill out and be like, hey, you know, yeah. notes, what size shirt are you or whatever. So we can have it in our order. And and the other thing is, is we want a treasury to send it to. We're just going to send a check once yeah. a week or whatever. But, you know, there's no... Oh, you got to fill out this form. We're not going to fill out the forms for you. We're going you know, to make it easy. Like we're, we're going to do it free. We're going to pay the credit card fees. So every, you know, if, if if you're $35, whenever you go through the credit card machine and I, I lose 3%, and I don't know what 3% of $35 is, but I'm going to get $32 in my bank account. We'll pay the $3 credit card fee and send $35 to mm-hmm. the group. You'd so, have to ask Danielle and Megan yeah. because that's their job as part of the board is membership. Yeah. So, so can you join that's online, though? F- can you go to the West Fruit? Yeah, Fruit Garden, and you can. Can, so WisconsinBearHunters.org or we .com? Can, we can even sign up and renew membership. Yeah. Okay. Online. Yeah. Now, it's shut down, like, for a couple of days here. Because you got to get all this stuff We don't want doubles. Yeah. Well, we yeah. didn't want doubles coming in. Mm-hmm. So, But I'm 99% sure because a lot of us got renewal cards. Mm-hmm. We got emails. But I that's interesting to know if they're on yours. Yeah, they're not. Uh, and I haven't. It's like I said. We've just let associations come to us, and Wisconsin's organized enough, and there's enough board members and politics, and I mean, you guys do what you guys do really good, and so I, like I said, it didn't hurt my feelings. Yeah. We're here to help, and if we can help, we're going to help. And if 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 it's a pain in the ass, no hard feelings. Just don't let's not do that, you know. But like CHC's on there, Oregon's on there, both Idaho clubs are on there, Montana's Tennessee. on there, Tennessee, yeah, Maine, uh, Maine. You know, so we a bunch of them. We would do it for anybody. Anybody that's a part of fighting for hunting rights, we are more than happy to have them on our site. And there, we don't pick sides. We don't pick, you know, the, the politics, whatever. We just we have our our rules is hey, you got to look at our order form and get the information off our order form because mm-hmm. we'll send you email, we'll send you phone number, name, address, and if there's something your membership requires, like a T-shirt size or some other thing yeah we can we can put little triggers in there to make people type it in we can't force them to type it in you're gonna have to call them if they don't put it in there so like i thought those swag bags for the kids this last year mm-hmm. and this year were huge yeah. to promote families to come 
-hmm. Spend their money, spend their time. We yes. did the uh, tattoos. We had we had little tattoos made. Coloring books, I saw. Yeah, we no. had coloring books for them, and those are things that you know, we just, we really just talking about the brand and the community. It's like, man, you just got to make it fun sometimes. You know what I mean? Having mm -hmm. little tattoos for kids. Two of those. I mean, I was like a little kid when them showed up, and especially when you got someone like Olivia. She's like a kid. Yeah, already. who created the find the dog to the truck? Yeah, that in was, the color book, yeah. they have to find. I was like, oh, somebody in W has been thinking. <laughs> so, just little <laughs> things like that. Sometimes you just gotta, and it's nice when you got a good team. When when you can have them slow months, like we're going through some slow months, and it's like that's the time where you just, if you just, I don't always focus on you know selling collars and alphas. Some of that stuff sells itself. It's like you just gotta spend a little bit of time to connect with the customer, and it's easier for me to connect with a little kid than. Anything else, Mike? <laughs> they're on the same level. So, are you stuck tattoo? Oh, I made your day. What a balloon. Yeah, they're easy to please. Kids are the best. They're easy. happy with anything. <laughs> so, are you on Instagram, Facebook? Like, what does W do to promote? This w is the, I mean, the podcast. podcast? We've got a TikTok, but we haven't. We um, haven't messed with we it. We haven't much. messed with it. That's April young Fools is right Instagram. around the corner. I don't know. Yeah. This yep. is a sore subject, Mama Drayer. It is a sore subject? I don't know if we're going to have an April Fools this year. Seriously. Seriously. This might Did be... he know this in the past? Did April. you know him in the past? No. No. Oh. We normally do an April Fool's thing. Oh, really? Oh, it was awesome. I'm so trying to think what this, it was. I, I think right now we've got April four Fools. years of April Fool's. So either I right did. Now. <laughs> <laughs> either it was we good. Did something it was really or we good. We didn't. But um, this, I'm a little nervous about this April Fool's. Like, okay. We, when you listen to this podcast, we might get some booze. We might. Or we might pull something. We, maybe there's I something. I got some backup plans for you. Don't worry. Jason's just going to strip. No. Be a stripping that would not be good. No, it would not be good. Uh, There'll be a Sasquatch sighting in yeah. Oregon. Come yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. The one was so clever. I was like, we laughed out loud. We what was that? Did. Which one? Um, one of them was the couple thing. Remember that? Oh, yeah, the dating the app. W the W dating, dating app. app. And then yeah. we did the reputational cologne yeah. for Houndsman. Yes. It was pine Have you seen any of these, Chip? I haven't. You'll have oh, to go dude. to our YouTube channel and, and you'll see our okay. YouTube. Our, uh, the Alpha 200 was the oh, iconic one. One of my favorite was uh, um, the, the oh, man, it's the wokeness shit. Yes. Where we correct. had to get rid of our automatic tape gun. Oh, yeah. We couldn't have automatic tape gun anymore. <laughs> like The uh, reputation, I liked the cologne one because we got to go over to his buddy Dan's house. And I drove a 68 Charger to high school. That was like my dream car. Mm -hmm. And I ended up trading it off and selling hot rods down the road. But he's got a generally replica. Oh, wow. So it's like slow motion shots with beard flowing. And, you know, the, the Chargers just yeah. blowing exhaust out. The, it was fun. They're, they're always fun. But yeah, every. Uh, but that makes your company set aside. I mean, mm -hmm. as you're saying, Chip, why does it that something. Through the years of coming here, I can tell you that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's just Puts you apart from the rest. Well, everybody's selling a product. And I think that's like my biggest point with anybody is there's the guys that are looking for deals. And everybody wants a deal, right? You know. But in the end, like we're in the business of taking care of people. And if you can take care of people, cost is irrelevant. When you can take care of a need and you can get them back in the woods or at least, I mean, even validate. Sometimes people just want to. They want to complain about Garmin or they want to complain about another another product that obviously we have no control over. Mm -hmm. But people want to be heard and they're going to talk until they're heard. And, you know, it's just 
No, that's be I tell good people, people all the time. If all else is being equal, I want you to choose to buy Joy or High Standard Dog Food because of who we are as a company, not because of the, what's in. You know what I mean? If, if everything else is equal, and that goes a long way. And yeah, that's why we support the groups that we support, and much like with For your sure. case, um, it's just I'm very blessed to do what I do. do. I'm third generation doing what I'm doing. Uh, people ask about you know. Or talk about retire. I don't know. I want to retire. Yeah, I enjoy the game so much and enjoy what I do. It's just, yeah. You know, I might get to the point where I just get worn out and slow down. Can't but, go. But it's just something. There's a passion. Yeah, exactly right. And, and that's you, your purpose. Like you know, mm-hmm. Idaho when Buddy took his kids. You know, it's nice to see. Or I take my kids to the field trials, and they have no comprehension of what this is. Mm-hmm. They don't understand what Dad does. Like my kids don't. They know Dad works in the office down the hall, and if he's on the phone, you can't talk to him. You got to wait a little <laughs> bit. But other than that, they have no idea. Mm-hmm. But then you go out and you get them exposed to it, and they realize like, wow, because they say the same thing you did. They're like, Dad, there's a sticker, W sticker. Yeah. There's a See, There's my a w wife shirt. is a little bit different. I'm not down the hall. I'm on a whole, totally different floor, but she knows when I'm on the phone, she can't be because nobody can hear what they're what she's saying because <laughs> I'm so dang loud. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. And as somebody that's raised kids from that in this line of hound hunting, mm-hmm. to see them now want to come here and be on your board. Well, that's and, a, the and number I mean, that's of young a, kids a, at this event. Yeah, it's crazy. Away. Huh? And I'm not just talking kids. Babies. I'm talking. No, I'm talking young. the young teenagers into early 20s. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because yes. normally there's such a disconnect at that age where right. you jump and people get back into it at their 40s once they have expendable income mm-hmm. or their life has slowed down. But there's a lot of that. Because there's a, I think there's a value put on it. Like out here, you guys are very serious about it. I mean, yeah. all houndsmen are serious about it. But when you, there's a value placed on that, which how is anybody going to see the value if they don't live it? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I just think generational continuance, and I mean, that's a huge thing. Well, and not every kid's going to be the best athlete or the valedictorian, but this is something they can go find to do. Well, and that's one that's thing. That's not every, in front of the screen. Yeah, right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, We're, every houseman can have the best dog in the world, yeah. whether it's true or not. He's going to believe it. <laughs> so. This is true. Yeah. You always win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need that win. <laughs> I'll send you some links to past April Fool's videos. You'll okay. get a kick yeah. out of them. Yeah, I got one here. I'm gonna, I'll play here in a bit for you. I got which one you want me to play for him? Whatever makes your day. All right. Well, we'll play one afterwards. So <laughs> if you're listening to this and you don't know what we're talking about, you gotta you gotta go to the YouTube. YouTube. We got a little fun video like April Fools. We've done a couple over the years. Some better than others. And uh, we started with the Alpha 200. If you haven't seen that one. That was like 2012. That's what set us. That was that's buried what, that was treasure the right one. there. That was before Jason was even on Yeah, there. I was still on the dark side. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we've done a couple April Fool's. So I'm kind of like, this show is right before it, and I just don't know if I got the editing. So so who knows? We 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 may have to pull something out of the hat, but it won't be it won't be as good as our, our previous one because we just don't have time to edit a good video. So, Well, at 120, let's sign off. Chip, you got to get ready to get to a, a, a plane here. Yep. And uh, Mama Dreyer, thank you. Yeah, it's been great. We thank didn't you get for to talk asking. too much for dogs, but um, we did a podcast. I don't know what episode that was last time we were here. Women Hunters. Yeah, the Women, women of hunters. Wisconsin. Yeah, we yeah. got you on for a little bit. Well, when you start dating somebody and they're hound hunting, you either go along or stay home. Yeah. So yeah. I grew up in a racing family. So my You're family did it all the time anyway. <laughs> I was at yeah. the track. Yeah. So going to the woods and actually now I enjoy going away from people. 
like taking a little time off. I like going. I've always liked going away from people. people. I love people, but you gotta recharge. Yeah, exactly. exactly.